Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I am Gian Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad, how's it going? Hey, Gian, doing well today. I uh, don't know if you remember, but I grew up in Illinois and uh, about two and a half hours south of Olivet Nazarene, and uh, a lot of respect for that Christian school, and, and uh, you had a chance to sit down with their assistant track and field coach. That's right. Um, I talked to Holland McCoy. She's been there for about three years now, and uh, she has made a big impact in the program uh, from the time she stepped in to now. Um, she, a little bit about her, she competed in volleyball and track and field at Hannibal LaGrange University, and then after that, God took her different, different ways. Um, at first, she worked at Shelterwood Academy, which is a ministry for at-risk girls. And then when she thought that she wanted to get into coaching, God said, nope, we're going to take a different place. So she ended up working in the oil industry in the Dakotas. Um, and then after a few years there, then God opened a door for her to start coaching at University of Northwestern as a GA. And when she was done there, she got a, a full-time job now at Olivet Nazarene. And like I said, she's been there for three years and I really liked her enthusiasm. She's a young coach. Um, she's only been doing this for a few years, but you could see the excitement that she has to impact uh, the lives of the players that are in athletes that she comes in contact with. This was a, a great interview, Gian, and I think our listeners are going to enjoy it. It's just a perfect picture of a young coach who's figuring out her, her coaching philosophy and what it means to be a Christian coach. Let's get into it. Coach Holland, McCoy, thank you so much for um, coming on the podcast. We like to start the podcast right away asking you, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. I was really excited to do this, so I'm excited to share. Uh, so for me, what does it mean to be a Christian coach? Um, I mean, first off, when you think about coach, like, already that's such a gift and blessing just to be able to coach young people uh and so i know any coach can relate to that but uh for me as being being a christian coach um and like being a christian being a christ follower like i think about what my identity is where my identity lies and so i i think about that and like, I'm a child of God. I'm a daughter of the one true King. And when I think about that, like it just, I mean, it gives me such um, honor and confidence to walk in that. And so being a Christian coach, like it's an honor still just to be able to serve others. But I feel like with that, I've been given a ministry of serving others in my faith and sharing with them like who I am as a daughter of the one true King. And hopefully like I'm able to share the love of Jesus Christ with my athletes and the people I come in contact with through that. So yeah, that's a little, little <laughs> snippet of, of Thank what you. I would say. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you're now at Olivet Nazarene. Um, give us a little bit of your background story of your life from whenever you want to begin with it until now at Olivet Nazarene. 
Okay, yeah. So um, I am from a fairly large family. I am one of six kids and I have a twin sister, identical twin sister. Um, and so our entire lives, we were put in sports together and it was something that we found so much joy in. Uh, it was definitely a release for us getting out of the house with so many kids. Like we were able to kind of find really our identity was found in sports and doing well in school. Uh, we wanted to be the best that we could be. And that was the way that we knew how. And I mean, it, it definitely paid off for us moving into college. I was able to continue with sports and um, I think it was probably then, and I'd always heard it, like your identity is found in Christ. It's not found in what you're doing. Um, but I think it was then that I started to realize really what that meant because I just, I was so fortunate to be blessed with amazing coaches who, who led me and who uh, coached me from a Christian perspective. And uh, regardless of how well I did in, on the track and, and, uh, in school, they were always pushing me higher. Um, not so much like, are you going to compete well, but how are you going to live your life? And, uh, so yeah, so that actually, um, was a turning point in my life because I was like, well, my goodness, I absolutely love track and I love it so much because of the relationships I've built through it. And so I was like, God, I know you're calling me into a life of ministry and I would love for that to be in coaching. And, uh, <laughs> and it did not happen. <laughs> That's, usually how, happen, That's usually how it goes. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, and looking back on it, uh, God was definitely growing me in a lot of different areas, trying to prepare me uh, to coach. And so right out of college, I, I went and I worked at a Christian therapeutic boarding school. And so I lived and worked with teenage girls who were there for various reasons. Um, it could have been mental health or behavioral issues. Uh, so um, I was like, okay, well, this is good. This is teaching me how to love others well. And I learned what it meant to be steadfast and to per continue to pursue growth in that. And then I was like, okay, God, now, now we're going to start coaching, right? <laughs> because it was a, a one year mentorship program that I was a part of. And uh <laughs> And I had a coaching job lined up. I was so excited to go and start, but then God changed directions for me. He's like, no, I really think it's time for you to go spend some more time with your family. And, uh, so lo and behold, I'm like, well, okay, God, I'm going to listen to you, even though I don't want to, because my family just moved to North Dakota so basically Canada where it's freezing. <laughs> and, um, so I, I moved out there and I began working in the oil industry and, uh, and it was another 
season of God just fine-tuning my heart and teaching me to go out every day with a joyful spirit and to find peace in the circumstances that he's given me or put me in. And it gave me such a great opportunity just to start uh, building better relationship with my family. And, uh, and so I was there for two years and then I said, okay, God, now is it time? (laughs) And it was. So he opened up a door for me to take a graduate assistantship position at the University of Northwestern St. Paul in St. Paul, Minnesota. And so I, I was there for two years and, um, you know, I just, that was the start of me coaching and getting into like, okay, what does it mean to coach and how do I want to coach? And I was able to get my master's degree at a different university than where I was getting, where I was doing my GA. Um, I got my master's from Concordia University in Irvine, California, and I was able to get a master's in coaching and athletic administration. And uh, that was all done from a Christian perspective. And I found so much growth in that, so much guidance in how I wanted to continue pursuing my coaching uh, and creating a philosophy of coaching and yeah, what it, what it takes to even reach student athletes. So um, those two years were foundational for me. And I had some, some great mentorship along the way there with the, the head uh, track and cross country coach, Steve Teeson. So he, he, uh, you know, helped kind of get me started. And so I'm forever grateful to him and, and Matt Hill, who is the athletic director there. Um, they still both currently work there. But uh, after that, I finished my GA and uh, and now was a job hunt time. So um, I ended up finding the job at ONU and it really was like God fully set that in my path. Um, he aligned everything perfectly to where I could end up there. And so I've been there the last two years. This is my third year at ONU and I've learned so much about myself as a person and as a coach and changing how I do things and growing and evolving um, through that. So yeah, that's how I'm here, (laughs) a little background. Could you could you share a little bit more about how you've evolved from maybe your first year as a GA to now as a third year full time assistant coach? Absolutely. So, um, I mean, relationships is the foundation of uh, my coaching philosophy, and uh, with that, um, how do you foster and build relationships? How do you mentor and grow athletes? Uh, and that, that's what I've kind of walked in these last few years is, um, well, I know how to love them well. I know how to show them uh, that they matter and I care for them. But then it, it came to, okay, well, how am I going to call them higher? Like I can love them well. 
I can be there for them as a resource, but what am I going to do that's going to that's take them to that next level as a person and as an athlete? And so that's really where my, my journey has been the last few years is how do I, how do I have hard conversations and <laughs> how do I, um, how do I set a standard of the culture that I want to implement with my athletes? So uh, that's, that's not easy to walk through sometimes. <laughs> and you, you have some times yeah. where you, you fall and you're like, ah, oh, well, I definitely could have done that better. <laughs> or, um, well, I should have said something here and, not, and I, I didn't. And now I have repercussions and I have to go back and try to fix things. Or, yeah, I mean, it's, all part of the the growing process as a coach and for some coaches it comes real natural to like set a standard this is how things are going to be and it's kind of almost like a drill sergeant they they get it done and they know how to get it going and for others it's like all right that's something i have to grow in and for me that was something i had to grow in and uh so now just learning to take my relational aspect with a higher standard of what I'm calling my athletes to. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Um, <laughs> I was not the stricter, you know, strict kind of guy. Um, definitely, there was a lot of trial and errors in there yes. in a way to be where I am. So I, I can relate to that. Um, you mentioned Coach Tessin. What, what have you learned from him that now you're – on a daily basis implementing with your players or as a philosophy? Yeah. Um, now coach Tyson and I, Tyson, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Tyson. <laughs> he and I clicked so well. We love food. We love talking. We love coffee. We love relationships. And so we vibed hardcore right away. And, um, but I would say like one thing that I really learned from him was that he, he challenged me in what my beliefs were as far as um, training programs were concerned and uh, how to implement that. And, uh, and he, and he encouraged me to get mentorship. He encouraged me to take courses. And um, so like, I appreciate him for doing that. And uh and I've had other coaches who've walked alongside me from either um, high school or college who are still very much a part of my life and have continued to mold and shape, help mold and shape the way that I coach now by offering their two cents on how to get things done and or how to continue to grow or to meet your students where they're at. But um, yeah, Coach Tyson and I, I, I will forever be grateful to him. He just has a heart of gold and he really, really loves his athletes well um, and is always growing as, as a coach too. Yeah, I think that's important. I think if we're asking our players to grow on a daily basis, then we have to model that behavior too. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you did mention how relational you are with your student athletes. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the things that you do on a daily basis? to grow closer to them um, that maybe a coach listening to the podcast right now can just apply it right away into their program. 
Yeah. So I guess if you're, you just want something on a daily basis, something. It doesn't so have to be daily basis. It yeah. could be weekly or okay. something that you do regularly to grow closer to your players. Yeah. Um, so I do, I try to make sure that I'm checking in with my athletes uh, at least once a week. And that may look different from one athlete to the next. Like I may text one athlete or I may, um, I might see them in the hallway and ask them how they're doing. But um, a lot of times those check-ins happen while we're warming up for our, uh, our practice for the day. And I'll just come in and I'll be like, how are you feeling? What's going on? Um, <laughs> is there like, sometimes you can, you can just tell, like you, you can either feel that there's something off with them or maybe they're a little downcast or they could be super excited. Um, but uh, yeah, I do try to have those weekly check-ins uh, and they probably don't even know that's what I'm yeah. doing. <laughs> but like for me, that's something that I, that I, I find is very important just to continue seeing like how they're progressing. Do they feel like they're involved with the team? Are there some workouts that they've really loved? Uh, is school hard right now? do they feel connected there? I mean, there's so many different things that you could be asking them or um, just to get to know them as people too. Like, um, I mean, and then once they figure out like, Hey, my coach actually cares about me as a, as a person, <laughs> they start reaching out to you and those weekly check-ins, like I don't even have to pursue half the time. They they'll come to me and um, they'll be like, coach, class is not good today. <laughs> I did not do well. <laughs> and, you know, like we can have a conversation yeah. about it. That's good. Yeah. Um, you, you talk a lot about pouring into your student athletes. From my experience, when we're pouring them, pouring out completely every day, sometimes we feel drained. What, what are some things that you do to fill yourself up? That is such a good question. And it's something I have actually learned the hard way. Um, actually, this time during COVID was, it was a really difficult time for me because a lot of times, like I filled my cup by having purpose with like yeah. my athletes and feeling like I was making a difference there. But when I, you go four or five months and you don't see a single athlete, what are you doing to like you said, yeah. fill your cup for yourself. And um, I had to really take a hard look at myself and what I was doing. And, um, and I know for me, uh, I am very laid back, but that can come at a price that if I'm too laid back, I, I don't know what to do with myself and I'll get a little down. And so I do really well when I give myself structure. And so if I'm getting the right amount of sleep, I'm getting some good food in me, but um, working out is, has been a really big thing for me. Um, and that's all like the physical side of taking care of myself when it comes to like my mental emotional and spiritual well-being, which oftentimes is even more important. Uh, I really try to make sure that I'm, I'm checking in with those closest to me because I need dialogue and communication and I need one-on-one -on -one, 
um, contacts with those that I love. Uh, so I try to do that at least once a day. And then um, I journal a lot. I journal a lot. And a lot of times it looks like really just my, my heart and my prayer coming out um, on paper with God. And so I, I have a very intentional time with God and I, I try to journal at least every other day. Um, it just depending on what my schedule is like, but I can start feeling like if I get anxious thoughts, I probably have some things I need to let out. And so I try to take those to God and, uh, journaling I have found has been so helpful for me in that, uh, because it does keep me focused. I, I can get a little ADD at times. And um, so if I'm praying just like out loud or even in my own mind with God, and I'm having that conversation, I can, I can sidetrack down a rabbit hole so fast. Um, but when I'm writing it out, I can see where I'm going from start to finish and it helps me stay connected with God. And so for those of you listening, if you haven't tried journaling and you maybe don't know where to start, start by just praying, praying and writing out your prayer to God. Um, it, it's helped me so much spiritually and mentally. And, uh, and it, it's, it's filled my cup in ways that I didn't realize it needed to be filled. So yeah. there's that. And then scripture, um, Right now, I am on a journey of reading through the whole Bible. Um, 2020 has been a hard year. And I was like, you know what? It's not going to end in a negative way. And so um, the last 100 days of the year was like two weeks ago. And so I'm going to, my goal is to read through the entire Bible in 100 days. And (laughs) so that's another way that I'm really just trying to stay connected and fill my cup and give myself time that I need with the Lord and uh, with myself. What, what is God teaching you this beginning of this new journey of reading through the Bible in 100 days? Uh, discipline, (laughs) (laughs) discipline and time management. Um, because those are, those are things that when I have them, I do very well, but when I, and it, but it takes me, uh, effort. It takes a lot of effort from me to implement those. And so, uh, one of my, my good friends, she's also a track and field coach, Kayla Craigle. Uh, shout out to her. She's created this uh, planner and I've been writing in that planner what I need to do hour by hour throughout the day uh, just, just to give me structure and to help me in having that discipline. She is one of the most disciplined people I've ever met in my whole life. And so I, I kind of strive to be like that. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I think discipline is the hardest thing to learn. Mm-hmm. But once you're there, it you know your life becomes a lot smoother. Yes, you know, things go yes. a lot easier. So I mean that that's just um, what I'm learning as far as like being consistent with it. But as far as like a heart change, what I'm learning is, oh wow, <laughs> there's a lot in me maybe that I'm needing to work through as far as like either forgiveness is concerned or the trust that I have that God is going to provide my needs and take care of me. 
especially in, in this season where we're all kind of wondering what's going on and uh, <laughs> what's around the corner. 2021 can't get here fast enough. But um, yeah, so I've felt a stronger connection with the Lord just in doing that because uh, I, I see, you can see in scripture how he has shown up over and over and over again for his people. And he's continuing to do that even now. Oh, that's good. Um, you came, you mentioned you came from a big family. Yes. Um, I'm an only child, so I can't <laughs> relate to that. Um, but what is it like to, to have that kind of support system through all these life changes you've had in the last, you know, six, seven years? Yes. Uh, well, my twin sister, Caitlin, is my biggest supporter. She's my strongest encourager. Uh, and she also tells me how it is. <laughs> <laughs> she does not hold back. We all need people uh, like that. Yes. Yeah. So I, I am so grateful to God that he blessed me with a twin sister. Um, but she had, she, as well as my mom and my younger sister and, uh, they have just been such strong people in my life. I've, uh, they've encouraged me in so many ways. When I've doubted myself and my abilities, they've come right in and said, no, God has called you higher. He's called you for such a time as this, and he's helping you walk through it right now. And they'll list the ways. And, uh, and sometimes you just need people like that in your life. And, you know, family, excuse me, family knows you better than most people. Uh, and so like they've seen me at my lowest lows and at my highest highs and, uh, they are not afraid to call it how they see it. And so I, I really appreciate that. My mom is uh, one of the most caring and gentle people. So she's always going to have a kind word for me <laughs> if I need it. And then, uh, my little sister has always got my back and uh, I, I can always look to her to give me support. And then my sister, like I, my twin sister, like I said before, she, um, she'll let me know what I need to do differently or what I'm doing right. And she will just sit with me if I need to be sat with, <laughs> or she will tell me to get up and start making some changes if I need to. So, um, yeah, just having people like that in your life, whether it's family or really close friends, just to help guide you, walk alongside you is so important because you can get so clouded by what is right there in front of you that you can't see past what God is doing. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. great question. Last, last question here before I let you go. Um, what are some books or resources that you've, read or saw or listened to recently that have helped you in your journey as a coach or as a person? Yes. Um, so I would say the book that has helped me the most and has helped me not only as a person um, or as a Christ follower or as a coach, but all three um, is Lead for God's Sakes by Todd Gongrer. Uh, that book, it really has helped shape my coaching philosophy. Uh, it's, 
it's a parable of, of a high school basketball coach who um, just kind of goes throughout his uh, season of coaching and finds Jesus along the way and, uh, and learns what it's like to lead for God's sakes and lead from a perspective of relationship building. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been foundational for me. And I've been able to take it into my everyday life. And uh, it's such an easy read. My goodness, I would have finished it in one day if I hadn't have started it at like eight at night. So I finished it in two sittings. And um, it's so good. I, I can't recommend it enough. And I've, I've met Todd Gongwer in person. And he is just a phenomenal person. He is so encouraging. He really cares for people and he's living out the story that he's written in this book. So that would be my number one for people to read. Perfect. Yeah, I, I have to agree. That book um, has impacted my life as well. Awesome. Um, like you said, it's so easy. Um, I think any coach can just read it in a week, if it, even if they're a slow reader. Yes. Um, but the message inside is very important for us to all know about it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, coach, this is the end of the podcast. We like to um, close out in prayer and I'd like to ask you, what could we be praying for you? Yeah. Oh, I would, you know, I would just love for continued prayer in my growth as a coach and um, as a person, because, you know, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so, yeah, like taking care of myself as a person and growing as a person is going to translate into who I am as a coach. And so, yeah, I would just love for continued growth and prayer in that. Perfect. Sounds good. All right, let's close out in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this conversation with Coach McCoy. Thank you for the love that she has for her, her players, her staff, her family. Um, thank you that you've put her in a position now where she can impact young women for your kingdom. Lord, I'd like to lift up um, her request of continued growth as a person, as a coach, as a daughter. Um, Lord, I pray that you'll give her wisdom as she takes the next steps here in her life and that you'll give her the words to speak, the actions to, to act upon so that she can make the biggest impact she can in, for your kingdom, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Jean, what an awesome interview there with Holland. Uh, she did a great job, great spirit, very cheerful. Um, you can tell that she loves the Lord. And my biggest takeaway uh, I loved hearing from her was just her passion for journaling and how when she's feeling anxious, feeling um, lack, lack of peace, that she just knows there's something inside of her that she needs to get out. And it's something that I've been a little inconsistent on at times, but I also see the, the value and um, just writing down your thoughts, writing down your prayers, getting them out of your, your mind and your heart, getting them on the paper. Um, but what, what about you? What stood out from this interview for you? Yeah, the journaling in my life has also been key. Um, I started doing it about three years ago. And yeah, you can see the growth of yourself as a person while you're journaling and looking back and be like, oh man, two years ago, this is what I was going through. God got me through this. You can have more confidence in, in the fact that God is with you at that moment. And it will be with you in the future, too. Um, another aspect that I liked was how she loved her family and 
how that family was a support system around her and all the job moves that she had um, going from um, college to working at a ministry and then going to work at an oil industry and then getting some coaching jobs, but how her family always stuck around her and mainly her twin sister that she said it was kind of like an accountability partner that, you know, pumped her up when she needed to, but also, you know, gave her the hard truths sometimes that we need on a regular basis from people that we trust. Um, with, with all yeah. these interviews, I'm, I'm so encouraged just to see how God moves his people to the places that he wants and it's on his timing. And she shared openly that she had her plan, but uh, God had his. And so I'm just encouraged to see that she is in coaching now, but she had to go through a little growth process to get to there. That's true. Um, if you want to follow uh, Coach McCoy on Instagram, um, her, her handle is at Coach Holland McCoy. Um, and you, she's a fun person to follow. And coaches, this is the end of the, this podcast. Um, and remember, the mission field is right where you're at.